Well, this is a story that has captured news headlines throughout North America. Joseph Emerson, the Alaska Airlines pilot who allegedly attempted to shut off the engines of a passenger plane mid-flight, has been indicted on 84 counts. That happened in an Oregon courtroom. The grand jury indicted Emerson on one count of endangering aircraft in the first degree and 83 counts of recklessly endangering another person. That was one count for each person aboard the aircraft. Well, what led up to this and what did people know about Joseph Emerson? My next guest spoke with him. Mike Baker is the Seattle bureau chief for the New York Times and joins me now. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is a story I know that a lot of people have been following along and uh, getting the updates on it. You actually talked to the pilot in question, Joseph David Emerson. Can you take us back a little bit and kind of refresh our memories uh, about what is at the heart of this case? Right. So he was an off-duty pilot, Alaska Airlines pilot. He was traveling home from Everett, Washington, down in San Francisco, uh, sitting in the jump seat of the cockpit. And in the process of the flight, as the flight was going over Oregon, he was accused of reaching up and grabbing the fire suppression handles in the cockpit, which are really designed to shut off the engines of the airplane, and grabbed them, pulled them, um, was stopped just in time by the, the other two pilots in the, in the cockpit. And then you know, he, he left the cockpit after that. They went did an emergency landing. He was arrested, initially charged with 83 counts of attempted murder for trying to take down the airplane. Which you can just imagine for the people that were on that plane and watching that unfold when they realized what was happening uh, would have been some extremely tense moments. It was. Well, I think one of the interesting dynamics there was for a lot of the passengers, I think there was an uncertainty of what exactly was transpiring. Obviously, there was there's bit of panic and, and scrambling happening in the cockpit. And then this person walks through down the aisle back to the back of the airplane and no one's really sure what's going on. Then all of a sudden they're getting diverted. Then there's, uh, you know, law enforcement coming on the airplane to, to, to arrest this person. Um, and I think a lot of them have really kind of come to the real, realization since then of what, what nearly happened. Uh, so, uh, as you mentioned, so he was initially charged with 83 counts of attempted murder, uh, saying that he allegedly tried to, to cut the plane engines. Uh, we've heard from his attorneys, and I know you've been covering this. Uh, they had previously said he suffered a panic attack. Uh, he had taken magic mushrooms a couple of days before. Now, you actually spoke with him. What was that conversation like? Yeah, I, I spent some time with him. I spent a few hours with him actually at the the jail in Portland, Oregon. Um, and he was really transparent, really open to talking about everything that happened. Uh, you know, he he says that yes, for the first time, about two days two days prior to the flight, he had taken magic mushrooms for the first time, and after that, had really just struggled to figure out what was real and what was not. There was some sort of real break that happened with him mentally where he was lost and confused about, you know, he kept thinking the things around him were, were dreams and not reality. And that continued up to the point he gets in the cockpit. He says all the things, he says all the things that were happening in there kept affirming for him that this was a dream and not real. And there was, he wanted to get home to his family and he felt like he just needed to get out of this dream and that was a feeling that he just kind of overcame him while he was in the cockpit. And that was the reason he says he wanted to pull the suppression handles in his dream. He thought it would send the plane into a crash and he'd finally wake up from this thing that he was stuck in 
and be able to go back to reality. Uh, that was sort of his description. He says he never, never intended to hurt anyone that, that day. He really wanted to get back to his wife and kids. And he had text messages, um, you know, Schelling's talking to his wife about the eagerness to get home, to be with them, to be with the kids. Um, that that was his goal that day, not to, not to hurt himself, not to hurt anyone else. And uh, you talked to his wife as well. And like you mentioned, there were text messages. So what was her take on this? Yeah, I mean, I think she she had described uh, sort of the unusual nature of after he had taken the mushrooms, you know, they had some phone conversations and she could tell that he was just really not himself, that he was sort of emotionally wanting to get home to be with them. And like, it was a really unusual sort of set of conversations. She could, she could just tell that something was different. Something was not really right with him at that point. Um, and, and so I think she, you know, it was a total shock to her when she heard the news of what had happened on the plane. Um, and even after he had been arrested and in custody, they had more phone conversations in which she just thought it was really clear that this was not, you know, the normal, normal person. Joe was not sort of acting in the way he normally would. And when you talk about that as well, the fact that he had taken uh, an amount of magic mushrooms a couple of days before, but for the first time, uh, there there have been other uh, kind of revelations in this or, or looking back, uh, so some things from his past that have come out as far as uh, depression and other struggles that he had had. Has it come out that there were perhaps parts of his past or, or there were red flags that had the company or had others paid attention to maybe? he would have something would have been done about it or more there would have been some action taken yeah so so about five years ago he his best friend died suddenly and he described having a real struggle in the aftermath of that going to you know going to see a a, a therapist and the therapist at that point had had said you know uh, you know you might want to go get some 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 treatment some a diagnosis of the potential depression. You might want to get on some antidepressants. And he is reaction after that, after doing some research was I, like, I can't like I, the, the federal rules in the United States and, and under the FAA are, are really strict when it comes to pilot mental health. Even if you get diagnosed with depression, go on antidepressants, your, your flying status will be suspended for months. And you, a lot of pilots have described it being a real challenge recovering that flying status. And so for him, he felt like there wasn't really a pathway to get treated or deal with this thing he was struggling with. And he felt like he wanted to just deal with it on his own. It felt like that was, that was doable to get some treatments that were sort of outside the boundaries of an antidepressant. And so this is, I think his case has really brought in some new attention to that concern that pilots um, dealing with depression or anxiety don't feel comfortable raising their hand and saying, I need help or, or taking the step of getting on medication. And in, in the aftermath of him taking these mushrooms that, that day, and it, actually this the gathering he was at was an event to honor the f- best friend who had died five years prior. And he said after taking the mushrooms, he was really sort of consumed by a lot of the worst moments of his life, um, going back to childhood, some traumas from childhood, struggles in adulthood, and that it would, those are sorts of things that sort of sent him into this world of feeling like he was more like he was in hell than in reality. And so, yeah, if he feels like this is a, a chance to have a conversation about pilot mental health and how to best support pilots when they're when they're struggling.
And I know the FAA has is at least looking at this, and they did establish a committee looking at pilot mental health and and hopefully looking at at why pilots, like in this case, might choose to to self medicate rather than than go that route, at fearing losing their job. Uh, what is happening with Joseph Emerson as far as he is still facing uh, charges and uh, still going through the court uh, court system? Yeah, so he was initially arrested on the 83 counts of attempted murder. Uh, you know, a grand jury voted this week to actually not continue with charges at that level, but rather one felony count of, of uh, disrupting aircraft and also uh, 83 counts of mis- misdemeanor counts for reckless endangerment for the people who were on board. Much less, fewer, less charges. His attorneys now hope he will actually be able to get out of custody uh, this week while those um, charges proceed. And, and they really believe he had no intention that day. He was not in his right mind. It, they are hoping they'll have a chance before a jury at some point to, to make their case that you know, he really shouldn't be convicted on any of these charges. Well, uh, I know a lot of people will be watching to see what happens next uh, in this case. Mike Baker, we'll leave it there for today, but thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. That is Mike Baker, Seattle Bureau Chief for the New York Times.